0: like the keto snack
1: mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> macadamia nuts keto parmesan chips oh. well yeah carbs. aaron was on keto and we got lots of snacks
0: a good combo
1: i know right meat sticks and parm crisps yeah, and sure. have you seen this on macadamia nuts though 12 macadamia nuts 21 grams of fat yeah like i should eat a bag of day <clears throat> They're pretty.
0: I didn't. think Groban would say like when I was doing ketosis. They're pretty like, dang good. If you needed like a fat boost at the end of the day, right? Kick, and he's like, grab a handful of macadamia. They're so good. They're good. The texture's the best.
1: Oh, well, growing up, I hated macadamia <coughs> chip white <coughs> chocolate chip macadamia. It's oh, the worst. They're the worst. What? Like in the variety pack, mm-hmm. there's like chocolate chip, oatmeal raisin, macadamia nut,
0: mm-hmm. oatmeal raisin, all mm. the way. Oatmeal raisin, number by, one, followed by macadamia nut. Macadamia is the first thing I grab.
1: That's because you're pagan.
0: <laughs> you know what I like too? Because I like the texture of those water chestnuts. In the like like stir fry? Stir-fry. Like in a stir fry? Mm. Oh, yeah. A mm-hmm. little wafer looking thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But do you ever have them outside of stir fry? No. No, and I me mean either. But macadamia I nuts mean. I can have anytime because they're in a bag. No, yeah, that's true. Good for road trips, good for podcasts. Mm hmm. People are going to hear us chewing on food. Right. Let's tell Greg. That's not red. Right. Well, oh, it's not plugged in. Oh. Do you think if I plug it in, it'll just start recording over there? <clears throat> should we trust that? Or should I start over?
2: Has it been recording off the computer?
1: Yeah. Hmm. How's hmm. that sound? Huh? No, it's red. Oh, maybe it's going. Hello. Yeah, I think it's going. gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're good now. Yeah. Well, we'll be able to tell the difference if I need the microphone on or not.
0: So the last episode was not on the mic?
1: No, I unplugged sure. it for that YouTube oh. video we just watched oh, on okay. essential oils. Yeah, essential oils. <clears throat> just rub something on something. Just
0: rub something on something. That's right. You something.
1: mean like snake oil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So this time we wanted to talk about moralism, oh. pietism...
1: Welcome to Stories oh. for Glory. This time we're going to talk about... Right. Moralism,
0: pietism, pietism, <laughs> puritism.
1: Did I hear something
0: about why the Puritans were wrong? <clears throat>
1: mm-hmm. Well, not everybody can be right on everything. That's true. I mean, all of us have wedding rings on, so... I, I don't. We reject... Oh, except you.
0: I need to get one. Sorry, Jill. What? Do you not have one? I've lost so many of them because my fingers would swell. I...
1: Get a silicone one and it'll expand with your finger. That sounds, that's what we need to do. I know. Just secret. stick your hand in the bag. The audience will forgive you. Because they're oven baked parm crisps and they're worth it.
2: And they're like twenty dollars
0: a bag.
1: I don't know about that.
0: They're pretty expensive. I would not
1: buy them if they were twenty dollars a bag. I think they're like
0: eight or ten bucks for that bag. That's okay. I'm done.
1: We can that's okay. They're for hospitality accounts.
2: Oh, okay. I thought it was for diet. Oh, it's a hospitality budget? Yeah. Just so I dig, can dig in? Just dig in. Where's your Cup, scotch at? Just, it's like your top shelf. I only have a medium shelf. Oh. Does that count if I eat part of
1: my tithe? It do not work that way. <laughs> well, what were we talking about? Eating tithes. Pietism. Pietism, moralism. But not just in <clears throat> film. Right? We want to kind of broaden this up to stories in general. Fiction. TV mm-hmm. shows, <clears throat> film,
2: uh, life. I think some of the concern. <clears throat> Sorry, my mouth is full of. You have a mouthful of Parmesan, Parmesan
1: cheese. Crisp.
0: I don't want it to go silent. Yeah. So part of the concern was. <laughs> part of the con- so the idea of that is <clears throat> avoidance sanctification. Is that, what we're, is that what we're kind of talking about? Oh, well, that's good. Should we that's good.
1: Talk, about what we're, talk about what we're going to talk about? Yeah. Like, preface avoidance is <clears throat> sanctification. What do we mean by that? Right. What do you mean by that?
0: Yeah, what do you mean by that, Caleb? Well, I think the idea is are you, are you becoming more holy by intentionally avoiding situations that could potentially make you sin? Is that what the scripture talks about mm-hmm. in your progress mm-hmm. of holiness? Should we live up on top of a pole in the desert mm-hmm. so we don't sink. Should we uh, put our Tesla on autopilot when we drive to the office so that we don't see a billboard that might have something potentially scandalous Ooh. on it?
2: Right. With well, the technology capabilities, that could be right. Oh,
1: you don't you don't filter your driving through a Tesla? <laughs> well, right. On Google Maps, you know, when you drive back to Michigan, you can click Avoid Tolls. Oh, yeah. But you can click avoid lust. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, Google can't do that for you. Not yet, but I
2: think that's Caleb's point. If there was a Christian app for Teslas where they could chart a course where you could avoid all scantily clad... all teasers, billboards... Yeah. Oh, you're a Christian, you don't use that?
0: Right.
1: You go right by them billboards? But that's assuming... A scantily clad woman on a billboard is the only thing that can make a man lust. Right, Right. like a bottle of scotch.
0: Like a a high-end bottle of scotch could make me lust.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or even the the monastic on top of his pole out in the desert. You can't... You have to train your mind not to go there.
1: Mm -hmm. That's what I mean. Google can't do it for you. Yeah, I mean, it's smart to have on your... On your cell phone, your computer, filters. Sure. They don't catch everything, but... I mean, it's smart to have those sorts of things, but what do, we're talking about what do you do when an image pops up? Mm-hmm. Or oh, you're watching a, a movie and a woman on the screen. Mm-hmm. Or for you ladies, a man. Channing Tatum. What's the guy who plays Thor? Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Yeah, he's I mean, manly. Let's Jane's, just say, anyone who doesn't look like your husband... Well,
2: Channing Tatum and Chris Hunsworth look a lot like me. I don't know the difference. Oh, that's, no, that's true. Francis Schaefer.
1: <laughs> Forever and always. I don't know why you're avoiding
0: Francis Schaefer. <laughs> because he wears knickers. <laughs> Have you tried them? <laughs> no, but I do wear shorts a lot. So he I does. I don't, I don't know how you work in the shorts. Hmm. I would love to see you come to church on Sunday <laughs> and a pair of knickers.
1: But you know, he does wear shorts without pockets.
2: Yeah, that's a challenge. <laughs> Let me talk. Tell using, your, you.
1: using your phone, as a, I mean your sock as a cell phone pocket is uh, pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, they even make yoga pants with, short, with the pockets in them. You can <laughs> how would I look in yoga pants, I wonder. Let's ask Melody.
0: <laughs> Not like, man, this, is shit. this is going yeah, too far. Gonna, yeah. Last Melody, I'll ask you <laughs> I know we'd... I know that well okay that's a great ex- sorry I cut you off no what great. well what's a great example you can't you as a man can't prevent what happens to you in Walmart when you know the lady in front yeah. of you is wearing yoga pants yeah but you have to train your mind you have to train your mind you have yep. to discipline it yep. to say no
1: you can't be separate from it because mm-hmm. you can't live your life as a separatist always right yeah but how would you
2: <clears throat> so what's the argument against yeah Jonah, but you're inviting it into your home when you want to watch that movie. Wouldn't it be better to filter all that out and protect our kids from seeing it?
1: It depends. I don't think you can filter everything out, because we live in a sin. We live in a story that God's telling that involves sin. The story we live in has the Book of Proverbs warning young men to avoid that woman on the corner. Mm-hmm. And we as fathers ought to tell our sons, you see that lady right there? This is why you avoid her. Look how she's dressed. Look how she talks. Look what she does. Mm -hmm. And we need to be able to... And Proverbs is given boots on the ground, wheels on the road. This is what you do. Mm -hmm. And if we don't give our children opportunities to learn that discipline, uh, when they're faced with the... Especially our sons, when they're faced with a woman like that, what are they going to do with her? Mm Mm-hmm they are gonna run to her like an ox to the slaughter. Yeah, and the dad, you never prepared me. All you told me was no. Yeah. You didn't tell me this. What she would be like. You didn't tell me this is how she would smell. You didn't tell me mm-hmm. yeah. I would be allured like this. You just said we're not, we're not looking at this. We're not talking
0: about it. Almost like she doesn't exist. If you're if you're living that way, you're not saying that the problems are true. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if. It's never addressed, right? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a fine line, but. And I think there's, there's a <clears throat> yes that danger of,
2: growing up, in the Dutch, Reformed circles. I don't know. I don't know if I, this is like.
1: You bring that up a lot. Yeah, this is it's like It's like your race. card. I got arrested. It's like your I race. A, did I tell you guys I got arrested? It's your race card. Did I tell you I'm Dutch Reformed? <laughs>
2: but growing up in the Dutch Reformed circles, Catholics were, you know. I pictured them as uh, having red eyes and horns mm-hmm. and a forked tongue. And then when you meet a Catholic, it's like, uh, this is not at all
1: what well, I'm Let's call them Roman Christians or Catholic. Okay.
2: But everyone knows what the terminology is. I know. Is, I, I understand. Yeah. we got to take back the words. That's right. We're Catholic. We're Catholic. We're Roman Catholics. So then I think it's the same. The, the, the father writing Proverbs assumed his son would have to face adulterous women.
1: When you go out to the market, there she is.
3: Yeah.
2: yeah. So, yes, don't paint these weird pictures and then try and isolate your kids from that. But have them engage the real thing as it comes into your life.
1: Right, and we've done this. It's kind of a, it's similar, it's not the same. But when you go to like a local park and playground and you see just the kid, just the, the kid is running the parents rather than the parents ruling the kid. Mm-hmm. And I remember you, you call your kids over you say, okay, now look what's going on over there. Do you think that that kid has ever been disciplined? And they're, oh no, <laughs> you know, because there's, there's a negative example. And then you, then I say, do you think that they have a joyful home? And the answer is, of course, no. They're not joyful at the park. Why would they be joyful at home? Like if you can't be joyful at the playground because this kid is so undisciplined, how could you ever have joy at home? And we, we talk about that with our kids. So here's your negative example. Here's mm-hmm. like Proverbs. Here's the woman on the corner. Here's the disobedient son. Here's the drunkard and the white This is why we're not like that. This is what God expects of us. And the, so when I brought up the topic of morals and pietism, how can we use stories in that way? Mm-hmm. That's what that's what we're getting at, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, that's the direction we're heading. Because one I of take the... a quick tangent. Yes. Sorry.
1: We love tangents.
2: <clears throat> but that reminds me of when we were raising our kids. Our kids are grown now, but when we were like training them to sit in church, the, what happens in the home flows out into how they behave. Like you were talking in the park. Right. And when i struggled with my kids in church, then I realized uh, you can't start training your kids in church. Uh, You have to train them at home. Right. So then they behave properly in church or at the park or. Yeah. It's too late to start training them halfway through the sermon.
1: Yeah. If Sunday morning is the first time you're kids in the week are taught to sit still Yeah, yeah. You're, not do, you're not doing a good job right and we usually encourage people in our church family worship every night you know read a chapter of scripture sing a song pray t- as a family yeah. just less than 10 minutes yeah. use that as a time to train your kids for church on Sunday yeah but if you're not doing that if you're not training, building up their muscles yeah you know for the hour hour and a half on Sunday morning they're never going to sit through uh, church on Sunday morning yeah because they don't know how to do it.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah That's what I noticed raising my kids mm. when they were acting up in church. it's like, oh, aren't I the hypocrite? Now I'm training them. Or if I would be doing this at home, then right. it would right. just be more natural. On
1: the tree. Yeah, that's a way better analogy than what I thought. Mm. If you want your son to be a, a laborer out in the field or a manual labor job, you begin to build his muscles at home. Like if you want mm-hmm. your son if he's got proclivities to be a builder, you say, okay, let's spend six hours a day practicing web design. <laughs> right. Well, what good is that? Mm-hmm. No, you teach him to chop wood, you teach him to frame, you, mm-hmm. you teach him, you lift weights with him, right? You, you build up his muscles for what he's going to have to face in the future. Mm-hmm. And the same can be true in stories. And what we're discussing right now is uh, why some Christians, so we would call that sanctification. Build up your muscles. Right? Learn, learn how to be holy in all circumstances of life. And many Christians today see avoidance of sin or avoidance of. Are we, avoidance of sin, yes, but it's not uh, it's sin that we're partaking in. Mm-hmm. So avoidance of sin on the screen or avoidance of sin in a book or avoidance of sin on the street. Where avoidance is sanctification. Mm-hmm. But in that avoidance, it's like not giving your kid the dumbbell, you know, giving him the five-pound weight and telling him to lift it. But then when he becomes a man, 18, and he's out on his own, somebody hands him a 50-pound dumbbell, and he doesn't know how to lift it. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Just say no is not sanctification. Right. Mm-hmm. Knowing that your girlfriend... Is all the potential of Eve and all the glories of the Song of Solomon, but you're refusing to partake until God has said you can partake. That's sanctification. But to just go in the corner and not think about the pink elephant is not sanctification. Right. That's almost, uh, what do you uh, M- call
1: it? Monasticism. Yes,
2: monasticism. Yep, yeah. yeah. right. It's like, I am
1: going to sanctify myself. By separating yourself from the world, the world in which God made. Yeah. Yes. And one of the, well, because we're all dudes here, now one of the big issues there that we've talked to with other men, you know, about the movies we've talked about or the stories we've read or, you know, how do you how do you handle the issue of lust with the eyes? Mm-hmm. And what you're talking about, Greg, I think is exercising the eyes so that lust becoming strong enough in your vision so that lust isn't a problem. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? Mm. Because as Christians we should have we should have the discipline to be able to look at a woman and not lust. Mm-hmm. right? And again, should we, should we put a couple caveats here? We're not talking about porno. Mm. Not, you know, there's clear lines there. Um, but You know, if you're watching a a movie or a show with your kids and a woman in a tight dress shows up, what do you do? Is there a way in which Mm -hmm. Christian men can appreciate beauty and treat her as a sister uh, and discipline your eyes and your mind and your heart in such a way that you do not lust?
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Or are we the Christians that automatically assume anytime our eyes move, it's for the purpose of lust? Mm -hmm. They're just lust machines. Every time they look. It's lust, lust, lust. And so we have to tell our kid, you know, you put your hand over their eyes. You don't look. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, which one are we? Are we building muscles or are we weakening them for the future?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think <clears throat> it doesn't, it doesn't, I like the idea. Of, I think we've talked about some on this podcast, but the idea of loving the standards. So I think some of it can start with um, praising what's praiseworthy. Look at how she's dressed. Yeah, you know that's how a woman dresses, so that the kid is learning that when someone's when she's not dressed that way, when an actor, actress, or actress, well, or either or, yeah, Um, men can be immodest, right? Yeah, but that they kind of they get it, right? They know oh that's not how women should dress. That's Mm -hmm. not how men should dress. Like, so I think there's part of that. I think I think I like that idea that versus the. When you cover a kid's eyes, they instantly go to well. What is it? What what is so wrong here? And that's if that's how you're teaching. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Ooh,
1: let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Right.
0: Versus, yeah. you know, teaching them to love beauty. What what yeah. is what makes a woman beautiful? Yeah.
1: Would it be better? You know, if you're if you're sitting down to watch a movie with your son, and a woman in a in a tight dress, or let's just say scantily clad. Just well, however you want to define that. Would it be better to put your hands in front of your son's eyes? Or when a woman comes on the screen to scoff? It's like, women shouldn't dress that way. Yeah. Which one's a better teaching opportunity? Yeah, right. Which is a better response? Which one's more mature?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And which one exercises him for the next time a woman comes on the screen? Mm-hmm. In a TV show, in a billboard, on the street? Women shouldn't dress that way. Mm-hmm.
2: That's where I was going to go. Is it okay to mock him? In that way.
1: Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, because when you walk around now and you see the way a lot of... Happy birthday. Females go around and dress, I mean, that would be one of my lines is, oh my goodness, she can't sell it. She can't get a guy to buy this. So she's to the point where she has to give it away for free.
1: Mm. Mm, Right, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: it's like well I can't get a guy to to take me in so I'm just going to show my body off to every every any guy will do Mm. that's
1: a that's a big daddy issue and our culture clearly has father hunger and that was one of the things I I wrote down in my notes in thinking about this topic we can sit here and say to our sons girls shouldn't dress that way but we have daughters Mm. all of us so how do we approach that with our daughters and I have a thought and then you guys kick it around uh, daughters so if if moms are listening to this and say your daughter is getting dressed for the day or for, for church or for whatever and she puts something on she says mom how about this moms you should say let your dad see and dad should have the final he should have the final arbitration about the clothing and when the daughter walks in with a dress on he should have Darling, you look
3: beautiful.
1: Yeah. Right, that Her standard of beauty for herself, her standard of value and glory, ought to come from a masculine presence. Yeah. So she's not looking, like what you're talking about, Greg, she's not looking for it in any man. She knows what beauty looks like because she's been affirmed in it her whole life. Yeah. Right. So she's uh, she's dressing for dad. And then brothers learn how to relate to women as they relate to their sisters, if they have them, and to their mom does that make sense mm-hmm what do you think I think I
2: think it makes sense in principle in, in prin- principle yes thank you for saying that because as they get older and you see wh- why do you why do you want dress that way you know how your mother and I feel right it's the what you mentioned earlier Caleb the teaching them to love the standard Mm-hmm. And hoping that they latch on to that standard, right and they want to reflect what the parents are desiring. They reflect, but I've heard over and over, it is so difficult. I mean, it's hard to find clothes that are modest. Oh, well, in the stores these days, real Christians real.
0: So make mom, their own. Yeah, the, <laughs> the mom should just make all the dresses <laughs> <laughs> down to the ankle, solid denim. Just
1: denim, top <laughs> to bottom. <laughs> Like Irene, Joseph's robe, all the way down to the wrists.
2: Rims right. of denim over Amazon, and just like make your make your clothes out of curtains. Start young, and they'll the rest of their life. Yeah, no. But that that's because you can you can tell your daughter you will dress such and such a way when they're eight or ten, or hopefully all the way through until they marry right. somebody else. But if they get to a point where it's like, no, I I just feel comfortable dress like that. No, you don't feel comfortable.
0: Right. <laughs> You're not being honest. Yeah. And I think, yeah, If I mean, what, and so I, I don't have adult or grown-up daughters, but what part does the church play in it as far as a community, the you know, the church family, what they are modeling to one another? Yeah. This is what okay. true beauty looks like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's another important part of it. But I, I like what you're saying there too, like letting your daughter, the affirmation's coming from the man mm-hmm. in your life. Mm-hmm. Right. That you look just like the so yeah, mom. I,
1: and I hope none of the dads take it the wrong way in the church, but when there's a young girl in the church, you know, an eight-year-old girl wearing a new dress, I comment, mm-hmm. wow, that's a beautiful dress you're wearing, yeah. you know, today. And, well, because it is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of mm-hmm. what we want to say here too, Is not, that we think daughters ought to wear burlap sacks or women ought to be you know wearing burkas Mm -hmm. and women are beautiful and part of their dress ought to glorify the beauty that they have Mm -hmm. and and men should be disciplined enough to deal with it yeah there's nothing wrong with beautiful women in your church there's everything right about it Mm -hmm. and when there's beautiful women in your church and you're looking at them inappropriately the sins on you right yeah because you haven't disciplined your eyes you haven't disciplined your heart uh, and understanding that they're your sisters. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what we're talking about. And so raising these young men and young daughters in our homes, because it, it's, the reverse is true as well. There are handsome men in the world. There are good-looking guys. Stop. Stop. Like like Greg. Like, like, like Greg. Francis Schaefer <laughs> rear.
0: Especially when well, he yeah. was wearing those knickers. <laughs> well,
1: I brought this up earlier, but I think it's worth saying now. You know, I remember... In our my younger years, coming into the room with a bunch of girls talking about so and so who's hot and good looking, this guy. But if the girls would have walked into the room with the men saying that about this girl who's hot and good looking, they would have been offended. Yeah, you can't have double standards here. The men, the way that men look at women, ought to be held to the same standard in the way that women look at men. So, but. We don't have any women on the show, so we're talking from our own experiences. Yeah. But we're, we're also suggesting stories can be a way to train, train kids up in doing that.
0: And I think you can start kind of what you are saying earlier about rather than covering their eyes. No, women like yeah, women don't dress like that. It, uh, ew, yuck, the kids go yeah. to Proverbs. Oh, yeah, that's the harlot on the corner. Right. Yeah. And I, an example was, I think when it was when we were doing our Utah trip. And it was late. I think we had gone down earlier before you guys, and so we're traveling down. Mm-hmm. It's dark. Kids are like wanting to watch a movie. <coughs> so like, oh, okay, like, we can put in Princess Bride. You know, there's a few scenes in there that are questionable or a little bit of language or whatever. But when we were saying that, the kids instantly went to, I mean, these like six, eight, and ten miles, a million mm-hmm. games. Like, yeah, Dad, we know. We know there's some inappropriate scenes like when, when they kiss. And they're like, so you're starting them young, like they're they're understanding that these two people are kissing outside of wedlock. Yeah, they're not right. married yet. Mm. Yeah, and so it's I mean it's it can start and yeah. it's just something as simple as that and build on that. Versus yep. we're not going to watch that because there's two people kissing out of wedlock. Right. Like yeah, <clears throat> and that's a very you know that's a very safe way I guess you could say to transition. And so it's just great when they said that. I just it, huh. it's like. Oh, that's great that that's well, what they
1: think is in I'm doing something okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I had the same thought with, you know, like war movies, when soldiers are in a situation, the characters of the movie or, or a book or history, whatever you know, historic fiction, whatever you're reading, and they're in a gun battle or there's artillery going off, and they start swearing, you know, like, this is effed up, mm. you know, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you go, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And some people, some Christians, well, we can't watch that because they use the F word. Well, how did they use the F word? Right. Was it appropriate? Right. W- was it meaningful? Was it true? Mm-hmm. You know, can a, can a swear word, bad, quote unquote, bad word, mm-hmm. be used in a context in which it's true? Mm-hmm. This situation is F dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Everyone in your platoon is dead except for you. And you're fighting your way through enemy lines. Yeah. This is hard. Yes. Yeah. I just read a book to um, my wife couldn't finish reading it because she was crying. So I, I took it, and she asked me to finish reading it, and I read it to them. And uh, I, gave, I think I gave it to Miles or Ames for his birthday. But uh, some kind of courage. And this boy goes through these 23 chapters of trying to get his horse back you know, out Old West. And at the end of it, when the sheriff with his big broom mustache... And he says, you've had a hell of a time getting that horse. And I just read it and he really did. He struggled, he suffered, he nearly died. He lost a friend, you know, he went through hell, a hell of a time to get that horse back. And I just read it and I wasn't ashamed of it because that that word, because we talk about hell as a place, it's a noun, we don't usually use it as an adjective, but when it is, it ought to be appropriate. And I was okay with that in the book, because when you read that kid's story, he did go through a hell of a time to get his horse back.
3: Mm.
1: And there's a proper use for language, and which again is another teaching opportunity. You know, we, when you stub your toe, you don't, you don't say that. You stub your toe, get over it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I think we've talked about it with True Grit with John Wayne, <clears throat> when he's facing off with, his, with the outlaw posse. Mm. He's like, all right, you sons of bitches. And there's seven men against one, and he's fighting for the life of a young girl. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's what those guys are. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I remember watching that with my son, and I said, if you're ever in a situation like that, you can talk like him. Because that's where it's fitting. Mm -hmm. You you don't say it at church, you don't say it to your friends, you don't say it on the trampoline. No, that's just not fitting. That's about training the muscles, giving them discipline. Discipline of the eyes, discipline of the tone. Yeah. Yep. Plan, else we yeah. Well, again, and apply
0: wisdom, age appropriateness, right? Right. I, mean, I think when you're talking about f bombs and war movies, oh, yeah. probably not for a ten or twelve year old.
1: Yeah, my kids haven't seen him, Saving Private Ryan or
0: 1917. Right, right. But if that's the litmus test for withholding something that would actually teach them, you know, values, principles, things that would benefit them in life, right? They go, oh, I don't know. You know, we're gonna just—it's got language, so we can't do it. I think you're robbing them of opportunity. Or it's got, you know, questionable yeah. content, whatever.
1: You're taking weights off the barbell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not giving them an
0: opportunity to lift weights. Yeah.
1: yeah. And Jesus says, you know, whoever calls his brother a fool is, you know, jeopardizing. You could be sent to hell. And then the next chapter, well, I know it's not the next chapter. A few chapters later, he turns to the Pharisees and says, you fools.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, Jesus says in, in the appropriate context, you ought not to use curse words. But in the appropriate context, you better use them. Yeah. And it's the ex, it's exposing sin, it's exposing folly, it's showing people what not to do. Mm-hmm. And if you just completely cover your kids' eyes to the evils of the world, as though they don't exist, like you were talking about, Caleb, when they grow up and they head out into that world, they won't be prepared for it at all.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, and because and you, you're you're also robbing them of, I mean, you're, you're teaching your kids that life is like the Waltons. Life is like mm-hmm. Little House on the Prairie. Leave it to Beaver. If you go work at Chick-fil-A the rest of your life, you'll never hear any. appropriate. Which is okay. Appropriate. <laughs> you know. yeah.
1: Bring home the extras.
0: Yeah, like just, I think that's part of what our response, I don't want my kid's first encounter with the F-bomb to be when he's 18, outside of.
1: Yeah, hang a drywall. Right. You know, I,
0: I remember Ames actually learned this. Was it? it was at a park, the middle finger, and he has no idea what it is. Right. He's like, "Dad, what is this?" And it's right. a training opportunity. And you don't discipline him. Like it's, it's, it's an inappropriate gesture that we don't use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like the fact that he learned what the middle finger was.
1: And then it came to you
0: with my yeah. Yeah. Well, he's asking me, <clears throat> versus him learning it from some kid and he's just going mm-hmm. around thinking it's funny. Like I think that's. I think the sheltering approach can be dangerous. I think it's necessary. I think it's part of what we call called to his parents, but that's we're right. also called to woman. Well,
2: that's why you didn't take Miles to Hooters, <laughs> right? But right. that's what that's what movie watching is—is is taking your kids, quote unquote, to the park,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? And under your direction, you're exposing them to this story. Yeah, but you're not bringing them to Hooters, right? And, and to qualify, I've never
0: been to Hooters, but. <laughs>
2: I don't even know. John, I've not been to Hooters. I don't even know what it is. Jonah talked about it. <laughs>
1: I have been to Hooters. <laughs>
2: In, before you were a pastor. You were
1: a, yeah, when um, I was still a kid. Thanks, Dad. He can't but, hear this.
3: But
2: yeah, <laughs> the, the exercising discretion mm-hmm. over the training of your son.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah. I remember we went down the hill to the dump and there was this big diesel truck. One flag was like, the, Don't tread on me. You know? <laughs> marine flag and the other one was f joe biden my son he goes to the dump with me every weekend that's our job going to the dump and he just he just reads the flag just no recognition of anything bad Mm -hmm. and he says dad what's that mean and it was a great opportunity to talk about curse words and well that's a curse against joe biden our president because that man who's driving that truck hates him yeah and he said well can we say it and I said, well, what the Bible says about speaking about your leaders, mm-hmm. the people that God put into office over you, we ought not to use that language against them. We need to pray for them, convert them, or remove them. But we don't get to talk about them that way.
0: Yeah.
1: And there was a great teaching opportunity. You don't get to talk that way, son, and here's why.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know what he said? Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't a big deal.
0: Yeah. Right. And it- but if
1: I were to say that word right now in this podcast, I imagine I'd get an email
0: or 2 mm-hmm.
1: But for right. my son, he said, "Okay."
0: And I think, <laughs> I think the, the element that's really attractive, because maybe some of our some of it's reactionary to maybe our upbringing, I'm a pastor's kid, you know. I'm, so there's times where I can be a little bit overly fearful, but like when you have the reaffirmation from the church, from the men in the mm-hmm. church, right? Like so, I think sometimes we think that we're just tackling all these issues as the household, like as the family unit, mm-hmm. and it's. I want my kids to get the reaffirmation that we don't do these things we don't say these things we don't act this way Mm -hmm. not just from dad but from his peers Mm -hmm. his friends his godly friends you know dad's in the church like Mm -hmm. the same thing goes for the women and i think that's where like a a healthy congregation you know a healthy church family can help reaffirm what you're teaching in the home Mm -hmm. so that it it helps just stick you know versus just trying to just no we don't do any of that we don't watch any of that we don't read those types of stories a community of values Mm -hmm. I think that's something that you know is probably missing in our culture because of our individualism that Mm -hmm. I need the men at Mm manual to reaffirm what I'm teaching in the home and I think that goes a long way in raising Mm -hmm. boys that become men that love righteousness Mm -hmm. and are practicing Discipline right. not just try to shelter themselves from everything, but like knowing how to handle a situation
1: Yeah, I've, I've even told my oldest if you're gonna cry about that. I'm gonna tell Ames
3: <laughs> Right like sure. you don't
1: cry about you. Yeah, you know, it's a scrape on your knee Why are you mm-hmm. crying you get up and keep riding your bike? <laughs> no, oh, no. But it hurts so bad. I'm gonna tell Ames. <laughs> Ames is gonna find out on Sunday that you're crying like a little baby That's
2: <laughs> huge. I've used that. Yeah, no but, uh,
1: but Ames would probably cry like a little baby if Judah wasn't there. So, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. so Ames, I'm going to tell Judah or <laughs> yeah.
2: Henry or no, the, using as your kids get older, using the revered, the reverend men of the church, say, what would you think? How would you feel if this elder knew about that? Mm-hmm. Do you think this elder would act that way? Right, because familiarity does breed contempt. If you nurture a loving relationship with your kids, there there's going to be familiarity there. They can get away and, with more. Yeah. yeah. And then when you say, well, could you see this person doing that? And they're, ooh, oh, oh, then they're convicted. Right.
1: Yeah. In that way. Right. Well, we, we do the same thing as adults. Let's not... Sure. You know, That's just good. sometimes it's a... You know, you're camping with your kids. Yeah. Well, act like act like you have... You're, you're taking a your friend's kids out on a hike. Mm. How would you treat them compared mm. to how you're treating your kids on this hike? Yeah. Or even homeschooling or whatever. Right. Yeah. Act like they're someone else's kids, and I bet you'll be yeah. more gracious with them. Uh-huh. So, so that objectivity, you know how you need to be acting. Yeah. But the familiarity breeds contempt. Yeah. That's
2: a reminder in marriage and family. Yeah, exactly. How would you treat saying. another husband? Yes. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you talk that way to somebody? You know, if the phone rang right now, Oh, you talk to that person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That idea. Yeah. Right. I remember that
1: growing up. There'd be an argument in the home between mom and dad. And someone would answer the phone and be like, how can you answer the phone? Like, I wouldn't answer it. Right. I'm not in any, any you know, I, I, I'm i not in any disposition to answer the phone right now. Yeah. But people in my house would be like, hey, hello. Right. Mm. Wait, <laughs> Wait a second. Excuse me. Oh, people can't see my facial expressions in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, excuse me? What? How'd you More? do that? How come you can talk so sweet to them but... Not to me. Yeah. 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 So that's a that's a good thing to teaching. Te- yeah. It's all about discipline, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Sanctification is not avoidance. Sanctification is discipline. And we as dads, as parents, have the opportunity to give weights to our kids. Mm-hmm. And nobody's saying give your kid a 25 pound weight, bar- mm-hmm. or a 50 pound barbell. But you right. need to start them somewhere. So they have muscles to face the world. Yeah, Yeah. the parent
2: should be the spotter. Mm -hmm. You should be giving your kids heavy weights and say, hey, if it's too much, I gotcha. Right.
1: Right. Well, I'm thinking boys, because the the sexualized culture we're in is really geared toward the visual and toward boys uh, destroying masculinity, right? Mm -hmm. Porn destroys masculinity. Um, Everything we see in modern movies, you know, that are PG-13 or R-rated, just destroys masculinity. And what parents need to do is teach their, their children, particularly, particularly their sons, to discipline their sexual appetite.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, but my seven-year-old doesn't have a sexual appetite. He will.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? He's he going to. Mm-hmm. Sure, he doesn't have muscles right now either. Right. Yeah. Right, but you teach him how to chop wood, you teach him how to mow the lawn, you teach him how to do dishes. Yeah. You you teach them these things now, so that when they're a grown-up, they learn how to face the world and its hardships. And the same thing ought to be true with sexual appetites. And right now in our culture, that is, you know, problem number one. Sexual abandon. Mm -hmm. And if you're not preparing your kids to deal with sexual discipline, they're going to fall right into the trap.
2: Mm -hmm. Which equally applies to females.
1: Because yeah. as much that's why as I said it,
2: kids as much as it trains males as training females, this is how you get guys to look right and so yeah, it's both ways right
1: was it I, I think Doug says that pornography is training all of our daughters to be porn stars mm-hmm. or something like that, yeah where every every encounter with the male is for sexual gratification yeah. of him, and that's just patently false, yeah,
2: yeah. And if you get a guy to use you... You've won then, him. Yeah. You're valued. Yep. Yeah. Right. And that's the lie. That's like Satan at the tree. Right. Oh, you'll be like God. You'll get this guy to use you, and you'll be empty.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And in a sense, we want our daughters to be hard to get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to be a certain kind of man yeah. to get to my daughter.
2: Yeah, we want them on yeah. the other side of the tree. Right. And that's where, like training up young men God I mean Adam he held Adam back from the tree he said what not yet but at some point you'll be mature enough to eat from that tree Mm. and then you go to the New Testament and Paul says don't you know that we'll judge angels yeah at some point Mm. and we were created a little lower than the angels
1: yeah at some point we'll judge them right and wait We're moving that direction. And and he says, you won't even excommunicate the guy who's sleeping with his mom? Yeah. (laughs) Right, that's the case. Well, stepmom. His mom. You won't excommunicate him? Yeah. And don't you know what we're going to be doing as Christians? Yeah. Yeah. You'll look at porn now.
2: Don't you know that you'll be judging angels at some point?
1: Right. Hmm. Yeah, that goes when we think about... I say this to my kids. You know, they're throwing a fit. And uh, okay, what's going on? Well, so-and-so did. No, 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 no. Right, I don't, I'll get to them in a minute. What's happening with you? Yeah. Well, they, no, 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 yeah. but you don't know what they did. No, I don't. I'll find out what they did, but you're who's in control of your heart. All right, why are you screaming like a banshee? Well, because they, No, 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 <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. They don't control the tone of your voice. Right you do yeah. they don't control your heart you do what's going on mm-hmm. and the same thing's true with our desires who controls your desire the lady on the screen right or you mm-hmm. and what right. are you so what, there's such a fear in modern Christendom that we the world sin and the devil are stronger than the spirit in mm-hmm. the word of God and they're just they're not right. Jesus says you overcome the world by faith you don't have to be afraid of the world. Yeah. You don't have to be afraid of the harlot on the corner. You know what she is? A harlot. Right. Right? She has no power over you. You're in control of your desires. You're in control of your heart. You're supposed to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And we can't go around just blindfolding mm. our Christian children. Yeah. Because they won't be ready. Right. For the future, especially the future we have right now. Yeah. I mean, apart from national repentance, it's going to be pretty bad
2: yeah yep. yeah the harlot is a tyrant the easiest thing to do is to just go to the harlot's house
1: right and the Christian thing to do is to deny yeah. yourself
0: self-governance
1: teach your children to deny themselves
0: yeah yeah and so I think some people would make the argument that the technology exists out there right to to just basically filter it for our children for adults either through you know, if you're an adult, you've got, you know, or, you know, web. Web stuff. filters, yeah, phone filters, angel, we're clear play. Yeah, we're, I mean, so what part do those things play in the development process, right? I mean, because te- the technology is there to technically say, hey, if you go to a site that's inappropriate, you can email your wife.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, right, yeah. You yeah. Know,
0: I mean, yeah. we're not, so I guess where do you draw those lines of, as as we're talking about this, like the nitty gritty, like how to, what does it look like practically? What are we saying and not saying as far as maybe some technologies out there? Mm-hmm. Right, like is I think there's wisdom in.
2: You're saying that the the real Christian man doesn't use filters. That's not true. <laughs> right.
1: right, that's not true. Yes. Right. Yeah,
2: true. Filters are a a, a
0: good and godly wisdom thing. or
1: real Christian men don't have accountability
0: yeah right well,
1: well no that's not true either yeah, yeah.
0: right. I think I, I liked I was listening to Future Men um, and there was a chapter I think where he was Doug was talking about that he said the problem with accountability groups or accountability is you're all the same age yeah you're all the same age like <laughs> you as the dad want to be the accountability to your kids partner to your kids so that it's not just a alcohol anonymous group like where yeah. they're just confessing the same sin but, like, it's, yeah, so just thinking about those types of things.
1: Yeah, you need someone stronger to lead
0: you. Right.
1: That's how you get stronger. Yep. Right.
0: And I think that's where it's... I'm, I'm still pretty far removed from that just because our kids don't get on the internet. They don't no. have phones. They don't have tablets. They don't have any, like, they know nothing of the digital world.
1: They have a Kindle.
0: They, have, they do have a Kindle. With two books on it. With, and parental controls enabled. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, parental controls are great. Yeah. Right, and what we're suggesting... You know, so if a, if you're watching a Western, and it's got uh, mm-hmm. "goddamn" in it, do you filter that? Right. Why or why not? And mm-hmm. I I would suggest not. That's an opportunity to teach your kids: was was the situation in which that
0: phrase was used appropriate or not? Because mm-hmm. they'll experience it in the world at some point in their life. Right. They are yeah, going to hear that word on a job site they're going to hear that word in the office
1: or Jesus Christ is an expletive mm-hmm. you, you hang drywall for a weekend or for a week and you'll hear it hundred and twenty times
2: yeah you know yeah, how do
1: you, how do you do with it how do you deal with that
2: yeah you don't want vid angel filtering out the book of proverbs
1: right oh that's good yeah
2: you don't want them saying oh there is no adulteress. we don't want to hear about right. the adulterous yeah we don't yeah. want but if you see them if you with good discretion watch a movie where there, all the factors are in place, and then you can work through it, like Proverbs does, right. mm-hmm. and say, like you had talked about before, you know, oh, you know, that's an adulterous moment.
0: That's, and, and what it seems like it's doing is it's, it's calling us as dads, and moms as moms to really step up, versus just banking on technology to do all the do all the parenting for you. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I can just run this through a filter, and mm-hmm. then I don't have to worry about. Mm-hmm. Actually, parenting, because they weren't right. you know like and so that's, I think that's work for myself. My mind gets a little bit tricked up, as is just yeah. What does this look like practically?
1: Yeah, filters are good, but they're not a replacement. Mm-hmm. You can't rely. It's sort of like sending your kids uh, to government school and then to Sunday school and hoping they end up as Christians. Right. Like no, you need you need to teach your kids and discipline them mm-hmm. and exercise them in all of these things. Right. Nobody can give your kids the world view you want them to have apart from you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And filters can
2: be the, the pharisaical hedge that they put around the law. So we don't want to break these laws, so we'll build a hedge. You know, you can't even walk this far on Sunday. So we know we won't break any. Mm. Right. But then, then you don't know how to live within the law that God laid down. Because now you're trying to live inside of this hedge this artificial hedge that's been built up oh I've never even seen an adulterous woman
3: mm-hmm.
0: oh well that's scary because when you get out in the real world they're everywhere they're going to be chasing <laughs> you down right yeah and the crazy thing yeah exactly and the, the crazy thing is that we'll we'll build a hedge around some of that stuff but we'll let our kids watch movies that are just filled with terrible worldview and mm-hmm. think nothing of it because oh. there is no language There's no there swear is no words there is no questionable yeah you know, and what we won't think twice about, it. I'm guilty of it, right? I won't think yeah. twice sometimes about...
1: Can you think of a movie that you know of or that we've talked about where filtering would be appropriate? Um, I'm sure there is off the top of my head. Um, well, I mean, we're, we're talking... gritty, right? right. It's, it's, hard, degree, it's hard yeah. to
0: say filter. There's definitely... I, so I guess there would definitely be movies that I would not let my kids watch at the moment. Yeah, you guys have mentioned 1917. Yeah, sure. Saving Private Ryan. At some point I will. Right,
1: but not filter necessarily. Yeah, right. I mean, Saving Private Ryan has the f bomb in it, but I, when my if I think my kids old enough to watch a war movie like that, I wouldn't filter out that right. language. Let me,
2: like Nate, on st- st- uh, st- not stories, stories, stories for glory. Stories, for, stories are movies. <laughs> stories. <laughs> <laughs> movies
0: are soul food.
1: Movies, movies are soul food glory. He had
2: right. mentioned Nate the Wilson. movie right. Don't Look Up. And then they oh. both quickly said, with filters.
1: I don't know that movie, but... Yeah.
2: I, don't, I haven't seen it either. Well, but he said it's yeah. one of the greatest. But with filters, because there's bad parts in it.
1: It's one of the greatest movies with choppy editing. Mm. Well, I was thinking, which maybe I've never seen it. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, what's, what's it called? No. Don't, don't Look don't Up. Don't Look Up. I guess yeah, maybe we'll have to watch, watch it with filters. It. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, you know, if you're, let's say you have a son who's 15, and you watch Braveheart. I would filter out nudity. Sure. That's, you don't need to see her naked, right? right? When he gets married, there's that marriage scene, and they get naked in the woods. Mm-hmm. You don't need to see that. Nobody needs to see that. Doesn't yeah. need to be there. Yeah. And but would I filter anything else out? Nope. Right. Right. <laughs> right. One of them. One of the reasons is just propriety. You don't need to see a woman that way. That's not what she's for. Right. Right. But it's battle like this. Yep.
0: Right. Okay. So. In one of our podcasts, we reviewed um, Big Fish. Yeah. And you had made the comment at the end that there was a, la- a, a naked lady with her hindquarters in the river. Mm-hmm. And I'm I mean, not trying see to put you on the spot. You see line. her
1: back. I don't know. Really, I mean. Right.
0: You I don't know. remember butt cheeks, but you see her back. You know she's naked. Right. You look at her, you know she's naked. Right. And that's, I think those are the, because I think there are times, at least for myself, I think I would always want to, even when I watch a movie with my wife, if there's nudity, like Braveheart, we watched it mm-hmm. a couple months ago. I just close my eyes or have her fast forward. I just, they're, oh, they're, she I, gets to see it, but you don't? Well, I don't think she sees it either. Mm-hmm. You know. How does she know
1: I, when it's over? I
0: don't,
3: just yeah. guess. Okay.
0: <laughs> 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 Next chapter. Right. Like I feel like that is the one thing that I, I I wouldn't not watch a movie because it's there. Right. But I would be intentional about filtering that out. So yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, and
1: so, with so in big fish, and again, I so she's she's nude in the water, but all you see is her back. You'd fil you would filter that scene out because in your mind you know that's a naked woman. But if it was a man in the water with his bare back shown, that's different. Which
0: I'm not saying. Well, yeah, it's, I mean that's yeah. that's kind of that's what yeah. some of the stuff gets tricky okay. for me, sure. right? Like in my mind. Sure.
1: Of, well, we teach our kids. Because, like, my son will go to bed in the summer without a shirt on, and my daughters are like, can we take our shirts off and run around the house? <laughs> no. You no. Know. No, you can't. Right. Yeah. And so, no, I see your point. Yeah. So. yeah.
0: Just, yeah, just trying to, like, at, to what extent would we, I, I guess what I would say is I would not watch a movie because it's there. But I would make every effort when it comes to nudity to just cut it out.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know, is, yeah. would we all be in agreement with that? Right. Like, we're not, you're not going to sit next to your wife, either of you, and there's nudity on the scene and go, and just sit there and go, well, I'm, yeah. I'm far more, I'm mature. I don't have, to, you yeah. know. Right. Yeah, that's why I said myself. the propriety of it. That's yeah. just
1: not what women are for. Yeah. And so you might be, suppose you're a mature enough man. I have yet to meet one. <laughs> to see a naked woman and not be moved in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Right. To be indifferent. Mm-hmm. Well, that, I don't think that exists. Mm-hmm. And so, out of propriety, in any scene of nudity, that's not what a woman's for.
3: Mm, Yeah.
1: And out of respect, out of for womanhood, you skip it. You delete it. You skip forward. You filter it, because as Christians taking principle stand, no. Right. 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 Every story can be told without that. Right. Yeah. Because well, yeah. I guess that's an upset on that. Yeah. Yeah. But
2: that's a that's something that's kind of the point of what you're talking about. Not that we seek out the opportunity. To see naked women, but when we see that, now we're confronted with, hey, you idiots, a disciplined man doesn't treat a woman that way. Uh, right? And now we're confronted with that dragon, and we know, oh, disciplined men don't treat a woman that way. Yes.
1: I want my son to know that.
2: We need to avert our gaze. When he
1: sees a a naked woman that's not his wife, he knows he ought not to have done it, Mm -hmm. and that's not how women are treated. Right. -hmm. So it's it's an affront against God, and it's a disrespect to her.
0: Yeah. Right, yeah, and so I think when it comes to full on nudity, right. you're turning you're turning the eyes. Yeah, so when it the, comes uh, to a billboard, you just don't think twice about looking again. You just, oh yep. well, yeah, there she is. Yeah,
1: so that's where filters can come in handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so we're, we're not saying no filters.
0: Right, yeah. and I th- yeah, and again, I think the the part of we're addressing stories, we're addressing movies, that there's plenty of really good movies and stories out there. Let's just say stories. Stories, stories out there right. that just because these things exist in them does not mean that you therefore can't watch them. Right. right. Like, there might be more value in watching it and teaching than just avoiding it altogether. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah. And there's a difference between a 12-year-old boy and girl and a 6-year-old boy and girl. Right. When and I have thought about
0: that with like... You need to be a wise parent. Lord of the Rings and Hobbit, I've I've spent eight months now since we read The Hobbit and now we read <laughs> Lord of the Rings, encouraging Wyatt that Gollum's not gonna come out of the toilet and get him. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like But yet yeah, he loves the story.
1: He does. As yeah. a four year old. Gollum's supposed to creep you out. Right. Like, good job on
0: Tolkien and you're for making Wyatt stay up at night. Yeah. Right, and you're teaching him how to be brave. You're right. teaching him and so that's the that's the part of just saying uh, I want him to know from a very young age what a good story looks like. Mm-hmm. Yes. And just because there's a scary figure in it, it gives me an opportunity to parent him. Yeah, and yeah.
1: and I know Tolkien didn't like allegory, but what is Gollum? He's lust. Yeah. He's un, unfettered desire. Mm-hmm. And look how it destroys him. It turns him into a little monster. Mm-hmm. You know, like... And why it might not get those categories now, but your older kids can. Right. Look what happens when your desire is not disciplined. Yep, yep. You turn into this little monster over here. Yeah. Who yep. lives five hundred years in a mountain? <laughs> Ends up in the fires of hell. That's right. Yeah. And you, I mean, it's a great. Who do you want to be, Sam Gamgee or Gollum? Right. You know, yeah. take your pick. Yeah. And every kid's going to be like, I want to be Sam. Yeah. <laughs> right. And it's a wonderful yeah. teaching opportunity. Yeah. So, yeah, those are all good things. Teach your kids discipline and use stories to do it mm-hmm. right? right because we live we talked about this in the last episode didn't we how we live in the grand story mm-hmm. how we are characters mm. in god's story yeah, yeah. we're either going to be disciplined and mature ones or mm. or not
0: right and your, and your kids are going to be exposed to things and it's probably better for them to be exposed to certain things under the care of the home than Right. 18 on their own you know or whatever that looks like yeah
1: it's a good aspect when mom and dad teach their kids that the world does not manipulate us mm. right that that is a firm steadfastness a firmness a backbone that would what, what the stories that the world presents don't manipulate me mm. they don't manipulate this household right and they're not going to manipulate you kids now, you're the Lord's of story. We've talked about all that before. Mm-hmm. But the the thing on the screen or the thing in the book is not the author of who you are. Mm-hmm. right? That's not your story. You're the Lord of it because you're a Christian. Mm-hmm. And so the world does not manipulate us. You don't have to be afraid of it. Yeah. That doesn't mean to be an idiot, but yeah. you don't have to be afraid of the enemy. Yeah. We've already beaten him.
2: Yeah. So. And God in his story. Uh, in the public reading of Scripture, exposed the children of the covenant to the Song of Solomon. I mean, they sat through. said they sat through that.
1: Yeah, we read that out loud at church. Remember on Sunday, and say yeah, as we were, you, and the yeah, ooh, that was racy. Some, I remember everyone was sweat.
2: plotting out ooh, who's gonna get this chapter? Who's gonna get then, the awkward chapter? I remember Doc Anderson got that chapter. Yeah, and he handled it like a a stallion but like an expert
1: yeah he handled it
2: but even and then you move into the new testament in paul his letters were to be read to the whole church where he addresses husbands wives children obey your parents yeah. but in corinthians he's saying what publicly addressing
1: have sex with each other what is oh. or 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 that <laughs> well husbands and wives <laughs> <laughs> Not the church, right, right. Uh, husbands and wives. What? what is this guy doing sleeping with his father's wife? Yeah, you know. right
2: out in the children are there. Yeah. Publicly addressing right. them type of thing. We don't
1: so. act like Bill, kids. Yeah, look what Bill's doing. We don't do yeah. that. It's like the yeah. kid on the playground.
2: But it wasn't. Please excuse the children, so we can talk about the the, the racy thing, the
1: nitty gritty. The yeah.
2: children were equipped, and this is in the culture of hey, hey, listen, people. Don't sleep with temple prostitutes, okay? (laughs) That type of culture. I mean we think ours
1: is so terrible. And it is. And the kids are walking down the street of Bath and saying, Dad, what's a temple prostitute? Yeah. That lady right there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you weren't
2: you with her a few months ago? Yeah, we don't talk about that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I was
1: baptized, I was cleansed. Yeah. I was once a fornicator, Mm -hmm. not anymore kids.
2: I think I think your point is we can't. Move our whole family up onto a tall pole in the wilderness. Yes, right.
1: Forty foot pole.
2: Because eventually the family's not gonna fit on that pole. Yeah. And the sons are gonna have to move
1: and to their own pole. Well just look look how the Mennonite and the Amish have impacted the culture of America. I'm holding it's up a zero. a zero. Right. Jeanette Oak. What's that? It's <laughs> a huge image. <laughs> I don't know what that is. You guys know what that is. I've right? read all their books.
0: Uh, so, yeah, it was like, what happened to the Puritans when they moved to North America and saw a naked Native American? I don't
1: know. I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. i
0: just wondering. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we'll find out someday. Ah. You know, did did, did they,
3: they,
2: they
0: married her and called her uh, Pocahontas? Well, I don't know. I mean, Eunice. They yeah, right.
1: named her Eunice. Yeah. Eunice and Lois.
0: Sorry, I just had to throw in Puritans because yeah. we, we talked about it. We started no, the
1: episode of the Puritans. We can right, end it. We, by we, the Puritans. Archaism of Puritans. <laughs> we love the Puritans, but that doesn't mean they're <laughs> they're right
2: on everything. That means we right. have to find a middle.
1: In, right. A big, in the middle of our episode it was don't be like a Puritan. They always. moved to the New
0: World to escape the tyranny of England and yeah.
1: created the tyranny of England. Yeah,
0: created a, a pure environment and then, I think, and then there was a naked Indian.
1: I think yeah. that's a great point.
0: They didn't Hey, everybody back in the boats. Right. Oh boy, there's naked people
2: over here.
1: I remember, I think it was George Grant or Steve Wilkins or somebody talking about when the Puritans came over. That before they built um, churches and businesses and houses, the first thing they built was a pub. Yeah. It was the first building that they built.
3: Mm. Um, I didn't know that.
1: As a, as a place for people to commune together and to drink together. Mm. and w- well, One of the reasons practically was beer lasts longer than water. You have beer in a barrel; it just ferments and gets stronger. Where water spoils, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the the pubs, mm-hmm. the ale house, were one of the first things that were built as a as a gathering place for the people.
2: And we just refer to them as pubs, no, but they were a public houses. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. a place where stories are told.
2: And that's where, isn't that like uh, a lot of the Re- like the White Horse Inn? A lot of the Reformation type of right. things You'd, happened. With well, men even men later, gathering.
1: even later than that, the Inklings. Yeah. And Tolkien, Lewis, and Sayers. And even later than that, Stories for Glory. My basement. That's right. My cold. It's kind of a public house. My cold, dank basement. I need my slippers on. Do you think
2: Do you think 50 years from now people will go, oh, do you remember Stories for Glory and what an impact they had on American culture? No, they'll probably remember my son's <laughs> podcast about the <laughs> bugs. Cool Bugs. Listen to it.
1: Cool Bugs podcast by Judah
2: Barnes. Yeah. We were going to always put in a a plug for it on our podcast. Well, maybe
1: we should say. What do you guys listen to mostly? Let our let our audience know.
0: Other podcasts.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Eric Kahn. What is that?
0: Oh, I listen to the Kings Hall. I've... Is that
1: Kings Hall podcast?
0: Yeah, then it's just been it's it's kind of been fun because they're all Baptists that have converted to you know being Presbyterian.
1: N- no, they grew up.
0: They, they grew didn't up. convert. They'd... Right. Sorry. Well, yeah. They yeah they they changed. <laughs> Which is kind of my, been my journey. Um, I listen to Theopolis stuff. Nice. Thanks. Yeah. I listen to, uh, you Joe, kinda, Bo- I listen you to Joe Boot I listened to Joe Kinda said kind that you into your say. sleeve. Uh, I listen to well, uh, the I don't nec- I don't necessarily always understand <laughs> <laughs> understand what I'm listening to. On <laughs> um, Theopolis? Oh, <laughs> so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I hear I, you know Canon Plus. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a great resource.
1: Yeah, yeah we're we're not alone as three men in my basement. Mm-hmm. We are three men in my basement, but yeah. we're in the company of other saints.
2: Yeah, the cloud of witnesses.
1: What else you listen to, Greg? Uh, you listen to anything other than what Caleb mentioned?
2: I'm trying to look back on our the Gary Demar podcast. I listen to that. Nice, nice. Theopolis. Yeah. Um, then I sprinkle in a variety after that. But yeah, I can't think of any real prevalent ones.
0: Stuff on Bigfoot.
2: I, I did. Th- hat stuff. It's kind You're, of that's a,
1: a whole nother episode.
2: Don't get. It's <laughs> kind of a cycle where you okay, I'm going to dive into this for a little bit, and then you swim in the deep end and you realize, oh, okay, it's not real deep. Okay, I'll swim in this other pool. So I listened to Sasquatch Chronicles. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, this is weird. You don't say. (laughs) Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World, that was cool for a little while. He's a Roman Christian. Yeah. It was, I really appreciated it for a while, and and then I listened to a podcast by two Eastern Orthodox priests talking about the supernatural side of existence, Right. and that was interesting for a little bit,
3: Um, but...
2: No, but I think that goes back to the point of the whole podcast. If you shelter yourself, I I only listen to Dutch Reformed right.
1: podcasts. and Puritans. Like, oh, that's
0: and, sad. And Doug Wilson.
1: Yeah, right. You should yeah. be able to listen to a Jimmy Akin and yeah. spit out the bones. Yes. Or an Eastern Orthodox group of guys talking yeah. about the supernatural. Yep. Yeah. And say, well, I don't think saints can really hear my prayers. Yeah. You know, and spit that kind of stuff out. And that's the whole point
2: of genesis 1 and 2 it's like adam when you get to a point then you can eat from this tree but you need to grow in maturity
1: that might be new to a lot of our listeners that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was on probation edible probation prohibition yeah. probation that he would have had it a lot of people think yeah. he would not have had it ever yeah that's so true maybe we yeah. could talk about that sometime. time
0: not, ever, not all of our listeners follow Theophilus right that's true Is exactly. that a lot of things for yeah mind blown
2: yeah a lot of things for granted but yeah good so
1: yeah find some other podcasts dig in what about you, you yes your some. oh no those ones uh stories for glory can listen to the par bar mm-hmm.
0: bar's pretty good <laughs>
1: if, if it ever it, if it ever comes out again it's been a little busy <laughs> yeah Cool Bugs podcast. Cool oh, bugs. right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening to that and chipping in on his... Yeah. Feel free to email my son. Uh, but I, I do like... One of the ones I listen to regularly is the Institution for Creation Creation Research, ICR. They do a lot
0: of neat things. I just get their emails and their devotionals. Yeah, the days of praise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But the podcast is pretty neat. I'll have to listen to the podcast.
1: Yeah.
2: What's the most... Uh, most convincing point in scripture that you know the earth was created in six days.
3: Is, you, it, is, this trick, is this a trick? Is this a trick question?
2: No, because I, this impacted me a little while back. Okay. Because listening to the Eastern Orthodox podcast, they were kind of scoffing at the six-day creation idea. Well,
1: I know you, I know what you're going to say, and I know what I've already said about it, but it's going to be hard for me to restrain myself.
0: Uh-huh. I, I I don't know what you're going to say, so I'm restrained. Go ahead, Greg. You just answer answer your question. Well,
1: Greg apparently learned this from someone else other than his pastor, even though yes, his pastor has said it four times. I
2: did. I don't remember him saying this. See, he likes to say that a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's hey but
2: the the idea of uh, double if you, witness. If if you have a route that you travel every day, and you don't notice something until it's pointed out, and you go, "Oh, I never seen that before." I drive by it every day and I've never seen it. But, you know, you hear the arguments. <laughs> hear the sarcastic laugh of the people who don't believe in six-day creation. Ha, 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 what a fool to believe the world was created in six days. But then, right in the Ten Commandments, observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For, in six days, God created the heavens and the earth. And to me, I was like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. I never connected those two in that way before hmm. apparently because jonah said it like every sunday or something i don't know <laughs> but but to me it's like well
1: i'm how, so mad right now how
2: how clear can you be how can i mean right. like god said it in the ten commandments it is
1: like yeah, not like, only in the ten commandments but in genesis one right
2: and there was evening and there was morning the second day or the first day. Yeah, Genesis
1: 1 kind of defines what a day is. But even
2: if you buy into the trope, <laughs> that is, oh, that was
1: poetical.
2: Evening um, and morning means the, the beginning and the end. Then he the law and it's
0: reiterated. Yeah.
2: yeah. And then Moses is, that, is like, am I tracking?
1: You're yeah. tracking. Yeah, this yeah. is why you s- work six days and rest in one. Because right. God did. I'm tracking. Real days. You don't work for six ages and then rest yeah. in one.
0: So I'm gonna. So I'm putting Stories for Glory back on my podcast list because
1: it's content like this. <laughs> yes. well, right. Who wouldn't? Getting it from a podcast instead of your pastor. <laughs> yeah. I understand. Right. No big deal. I, I haven't heard from you. Whatever. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> That's what I say
2: often. Jonas says, I say it all the time. And I, well, I never
1: yeah. well, Greg, why don't you remember everything I said?
2: <laughs> because I don't take notes. Yeah, I know. Copious notes. You know when I
1: make a note sheet for Bible study and for sermons right. on Sunday? It's sorta of like making a meal that nobody eats.
2: Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. You said that before. I'm just
1: my heart is so broken. When I have to throw them all in the recycle bin.
2: I, I hear you. Usually the kids doodle on the back there. They do,
1: yeah. Some of our members draw mountains and my landscapes. wife my wife takes notes. Oh good. That's why I appreciate her.
2: Mrs. Greg DeVries takes
1: <laughs> Was that this episode or the last one?
2: because I tell her if you don't take notes when you get home, you're getting a spanking. <laughs> I'll
1: have to ask her about that after this episode comes out. Uh, no, I'll avoid it. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Anything else? Did we just have our longest episode? If we keep going for a couple of minutes, oh. we might.
0: <clears throat> no, that's good.
1: Anything else you guys like to say?
0: There's a lot but apparently yeah, yeah i think i think there's a i think there is a part of <laughs> being charitable in all this like that there's right. the the gamut is wide yeah and we're holding to maybe if it's if you're you losing using the, like the left right spectrum we're probably a little bit center left so yeah. right. how dare you say that we're left well I'll just saying like i'm just kidding trying to as we're processing these things like mm-hmm because I think that's one of the benefits of the podcast is it's helped me as a dad think about these things as a Christian think mm-hmm. about these things but then and <clears throat> I think it's a good conversation in that it's yeah. th- this is obviously not orthodoxy this is you know how do we, how do we grow up our children
1: right yeah, to yeah in, in the more. rated R world mm-hmm.
0: yeah exactly so the world is worse than rated
1: R mm-hmm. you know it depends where you go Yep. The world's some people can be pretty bad. Yeah,
2: yep. and to feel the uh, the anxiety of parents who are like, well, if I let them dip their toe into that, they could go off into the world. They could like that, then they could be swept away. I totally understand that. Yeah. Sure. So, to be in a church community, yep. where your brothers are praying for you. but yeah, I totally understand the anxiety of, wait, if I do what you guys are saying my kids might like that and they might be swept away.
1: And that's teaching them to love the standard. Yeah. If you don't give them a standard, what are they going to love? Right.
2: Yep. Yep. Yeah, you can't you can't force the standard even Christ doesn't force himself in that way on people. Mm-hmm. tyranny leads at the point of a gun but Christian leadership calls people to follow mm. you right. hear the voice of the shepherd and they follow
1: Yeah, that's good yeah well thanks for listening for the, to the Stories for Glory podcast if you have any recommendations suggestions or comments please email us i like a recommendation like oh. Greg and Nickers <laughs> for, for the Reformation Party, you should dress up as yes. Francis Schaefer.
2: that's for our YouTube follow- followers.
1: Yeah, paid subscriptions only. Get to see. Get to see Greg, dress up as Francis Schaefer. All right, we'll see you
3: next time.